I'm very privileged to, to be here and to be on a panel where on the one side I've got a hydrographer, a geologist, a technical expert, and on the other side I've got the legal expert. So I'm going to try and cover what I call the geopolitical issues of the South China Sea. But having said that, most of the comments that I'm going to talk about have already been mentioned, like Article 1, 2, 3 yesterday was thrashed out. So I'll go through very quickly, okay? So what's the rationale to cooperate? And we'll see that. And where can these cooperative measures be undertaken? Again, I'm only going to suggest some things. Some have already been decided. And on regional functional cooperation, I'll allude to it very quickly because I know Bob will probably want more time for his presentation, and you're welcome to have it, Bob. So the biggest issues are the drawbacks. And two particular points are the political will and the trust. How do you get these two? We'll have to see. So the convention, 1982 convention, uh, tells us about enclosed and semi-enclosed seas, and the South China Sea qualifies for the semi-enclosed seas. I'm a little worried that a number of countries, literal states, now want to change the name of the South China Sea. And if I was a mariner, and I'm reporting back to somebody that I'm in distress, I will not know whether to say South China Sea, Nanhai, East Sea, West Philippine Sea, and years ago, Malay Sea. And yesterday, somebody said, He's going to give it another name. So I'm really confused. So as far as I'm going to be talking, it's the South China Sea. And it should be managed for the common good of the region and the international community. Um, at the moment, the South China Sea is relatively calm. I think Bill said that, but others have disagreed with him. Um, Near-term near diplomatic efforts may alter the status as we go along. In the long term, we would like to see development and resource management, and that could change the dynamics of the dispute. Dispute resolution, you've already heard, is far away. I'd say it's well beyond the horizon. Depends what horizon you're talking about. Uh, the claimant states should work to resolve the dispute, and this has all been mentioned before. The maps I use are mainly from Asia Maritime Transparency Initiative and a few others. Okay. Uh, at this stage we have the so-called nine dash line as shown on one map. I believe there's 11 dash lines now or maybe even 13 dash lines. I'm not too sure. These change all the time. And on the other map we have what is considered to be the disputed area in the South China Sea and going a little further north in the East China Sea and the Sea of Japan or Sea of Korea, depending on what you want to say. Uh, Article 123, which has been covered yesterday, and I won't spend too much time on this, does suggest that we cooperate uh, to get good management coordinate management, 
coordinate in implementation of the rights and duties of the states and to invite as appropriate other interested states. Uh, we've heard it said that we don't need other states in the South China Sea. We are capable of doing it ourselves. And that's up to you to decide how you take that. In addition to Article 123, there's also Agenda 21, which talks about functional cooperation, and Article 118 of the Convention. And these two categorically say we should seek international cooperation. Uh, Article 118 says states shall cooperate with each other in the conservation and management of the living resources in the area of the high seas as well. So if there's high seas in the South China Sea, we should have to cooperate there. This is a, not a map to scale, but it just gives you an idea of the zones that states might be able to claim off their coastline. We talk about a normal low water uh, baseline or territorial sea datum, and from that a state has a territorial sea of 12 nautical miles, a contiguous zone of 12 nautical miles, and an EEZ 176 seaward of the contiguous zone limit. And of course, beyond that, you've got the area, and states have to cooperate in the area. In seeking cooperation, what is the status at the moment? Um, China and Vietnam have got a fisheries, joint fisheries uh, zone in the Gulf of Tonkin, which has been talked about earlier on. Malaysia, Thailand, Malaysia, Vietnam have got development zones just in that area. And that's going quite well. And I'm sure my, the next panel will be alluding to all these zones. Uh, there's a Malaysia, Philippine, Indonesia maritime security uh, around the Sulawesi Sea, Sulu Sea, but it could extend into the uh, South China Sea as well. And recently there's been apparently a joint military agreement between China and Malaysia, and there's also a maritime security agreement between China and the Philippines. So there is some sort of cooperation happening as we speak or in the last few months. So the possibilities of functional cooperation is there. It depends on the political will and the trust. A duty to cooperate, I have said in the past, was failing, but there is hope for the future. There are a number of uh, governing bodies that can help us to define how to do these functional corporations, and no doubt Bob will cover much of this a little later. I had a little concern uh, from the point of the International Hydrographic Organization, and Robin may be able to answer questions on that a little later. The concern comes about the naming of this sea. Okay. And before I get to that point, some other areas of functional cooperation. Again, we've alluded to this earlier on, so I won't waste time. There's fisheries management, there's hydrocarbon exploration, maritime security, and marine navigation. 
marine navigation for me is very uh, is of great concern as a mariner i know how important it is to have the good information to rely on the information and to be able to proceed from point A to point B. Um, on the protection of the marine environment, there's much that can be done, but again, we cannot do it if we haven't got security on the territorial issue and the sovereignty issue, because I'm sure one country wouldn't like me to go close to their country. They don't want interference as such. So I'm not too sure how we can go about this protection of the marine environment. But there are possibilities. On marine scientific research, there's also problems here. And again, Bob might be able to explain a lot of the issues. <coughs> On joint development, we have joint development for marine biotic resources that can be achieved. On mineral resources, again, it's an issue of territorial rights and sovereignty issues. So I asked the question, is there an idealist approach to functional cooperation? And in UNCLOS, we have a lot of lovely phrases, like special circumstances, relevant circumstances, equitable solution, and just and equitable. All sound very well. But when it comes to practical issues in the South China Sea, we'll have to worry on how we can apply these special issues. The two maps here show the proven and probable reserves of gas and oil, fairly dated, but it gives you an idea of really what we're talking about. Within the Spratly group, I don't think there's very much chance of oil and gas, but there could be other minerals. Uh, uh, if you want more information, you check the Energy Information Association from the United States. They have a regular update of what the proven reserves are. On joint development, to what extent are states obliged to enter into a joint development? Well, those are the indications there. We do have an obligation to cooperate. But again, you'll see that if you do cooperate, you have to make sure that your treaty is watertight. We've had two examples, Australia East Timor, Australia Indonesia, and a few other cases. But those two cases are big issues for us in Australia. <coughs> Assessing the risks in the absence of a boundary there's risk to the host state. Again, I mentioned Australia and Indonesia, and Australia and Timor-Leste. I'm happy to know this morning that somebody said a treaty has been signed between Australia and Timor-Leste. A draft of I'm glad you said that, because I was going to say I haven't been told about it just yet. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, thank you for that. So. Um, there are uncertainties over the sovereign rights in the case of the South China Sea, and I think we have to settle that. We can't say we'll have a joint development because it's not possible if you don't have the sovereignty issue uh, sorted out. And we know that in the past there were potential tensions between Iraq and Kuwait because there was no defined 
boundary line and one country was sipping oil away from the other. What is space management? Some new term that's come into the literature. We've got issues of submarine accidents. Um, and this is of great concern, especially in the South China Sea. Uh, how do we get about this? You have the problems of freedom of navigation, uh, is issues of innocent passage, and again I say what's in the name of the sea. And the reason I bring this up is because the International Hydrographic Office recently, our bureau, has recently had to suspend the production of an electronic, electronic navigation chart for the South China Sea because the countries can't decide what name to give the chart. Robin may be able to explain this to us a little later. Um, I believe that the work has been suspended and maybe in October or November of this year a decision may be made. I also feel very concerned that it's not easy to obtain hydrographic charts of the South China Sea. The nautical chart agent will tell me, it's no problems. If you give us the money, we'll get it to you. But when you give them the money, they come back two weeks later and say, sorry, we can't get it because we're not allowed to get it. I went to Singapore and I wanted a chart and they said, are you a bona fide navigator? I said, I'm not. I don't have a ship. Sorry, we can't sell you the chart. So maybe UKHO can take this point up to their agents. <coughs> Uh, so there is a veil of secrecy about hydrographic <coughs> charts. And if you're teaching the subject, it's very difficult. So I'm using a rifleman's chart of 1837 or 1867 to explain the South China Sea. The other big issue is on the notice to mariners. Now these in the past were the gospel truth, as it were. When it was published, you knew something was there and you did it. But now I believe there are such things as fake news. So I do warn you if you're looking at nautical uh, notice to mariners. So the perceived obstacles and problems in joint development. Uh, the thing is to be able to define the area of your joint development. You need to have specific aspects of the implementation. You have to have trust and transparency. As in the case of Timor-Leste in Australia, there was no trust, there was no transparency. I don't know whose fault it was, but I just lay it to you. And you also have to have procedural concerns. And two good examples are the Malaysia-Thailand joint development area. And in the past, we had the Australia-Indonesia uh, zone of cooperation. And I think those were very good examples to work on. Uh, we have to look at the differences of the claimants when we're talking about joint development. And of course, the usual lack of political will. So in summary, I'd say there are many examples from various regions of functional cooperation. There's no single comprehensive solution to this complex problem. Dialogue needs to be undertaken. There are setbacks due to technicalities 
or simple lack of good, uh, political will. And often domestic politics offer a negative factor to any joint development zone. And of course, we've got national rhetoric, which may be difficult to withdraw in order to achieve a resolution. So if you're looking for some uh, functional cooperation, do you go for divine intervention, or you just ask for political trust and will uh, in, the, in the order? I thank you very much for your attention and give you one last look at some slides, at some maps that show areas of exploration blocks of the Vietnamese coast, of the Chinese coast, of the Malay Brunei coastline, and of the Philippine coastline. And you see this is where much of the problems lie. How can we get our hands on the oil and gas in the South China Sea? Thank you very much once again.